Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSB Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. We can be creatures of habit and prefer comfort and control rather than face concerns and times of uncertainty. But what do you do when you know deep inside something needs to change within your organization? When the status quo needs to be challenged, when it's actually time to rock that boat. Well, today you may receive a calling to do just that. You might become an agent of change, a champion of change. Our special guest today is Gabriella Schuster, a C-level Microsoft executive and thought leaders within the tech space. She's helped thousands of businesses of all sizes digitally transform through technology. In addition, she has grown a PL of 10 billion and led a global portfolio of over 90,000 channel partners that has influenced over 1 trillion in the ecosystem through Microsoft's fastest growing ecosystem. My brother and I are thrilled to have Gabriella Schuster join us. She's a builder and a change agent. She's built and turned around businesses by inspiring a vision for future customer relevance and engaging teams in developing the roadmap. She's also a TEDx speaker, and we're certainly going to have fun digging into her speech. And she entitled that speech, How to Achieve Gender Equity. She's a Global Leadership Award winner for advocacy for women in the IT space, and she's a founder, or co-founder rather, of Women in Cloud and Women in Technology Network. She indeed is changing the world of technology. Gabriella, welcome to the Twins Talk It Up program. Oh, well, thank you so much, David. This is Danny. So from time to time, as Dave and I are speaking, one of us will make sure we pronounce who is speaking because during the people who are listening on our podcast may not know if it's David or Danny. <laughs> At times they think we sound alike. <laughs> um, so I'm really excited because uh, I've seen the work Gabriella has done over my lifetime from having an MSP business, a VAR business, as well as being on the U.S. board for the International Association of Microsoft Channel Partners, and then most recently co-founding and starting up the Black Channel Partner Alliance. And throughout the whole process, Gabriella has been instrumental to making sure that each of these organizations and nonprofits have been successful. For that, I want to thank you for, for all your effort and all your work, Gabriella. Thank you. Absolutely. My pleasure. That's my life's work, I think. I believe so. We're so excited to hear you tell, tell our audience more about it. Now, I know my brother is very excited about your TEDx talk, but before we go there, I just want to share with the audience a few statements, a few of the questions that have come up over the last couple of years from the work you've done. Right here, you've stated, how many female executives in, in technology can you name? So we're going to give our audience a second. Think about that, audience. How many female executives in technology can you name? Now, how many woman-owned businesses in high tech do you know? I bet the answer is probably less than a handful. I mean, if you can count more than five on your hand, kudos to you. Now, did you know that less than 2% of all venture capital investments are made in female tech entrepreneurs? 
which is sole reason why Gabriel has done a lot of work with the Women in Cloud and Women in Technology organization. And I'm so proud with my business to do partnership with Women in Cloud as well with Triatra. So I'm very excited about that. Now, did you also know that less than 5% of women holding leadership positions are in tech companies? And Gabriel is one of the exceptions to have a corporate vice president to have one of those high level positions. Now, did you know that for the percent of women in tech has fallen nine points over the last 30 years. We are regressing. We are not progressing as we should. And did you know that a white woman in high tech will on average earn 70 cents to the dollar compared to her male counterparts? And if you're a black woman, it's 60 cents. And if you're a Latina woman, it's 50 cents. Gabriela, I appreciate you just really helping our audience understand there's a lot of work that is left to be done. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you got involved with technology and helping women entrepreneurs and then also how you got involved in helping other people like us, the men who could be a great ally to understand what's really happening today in the industry? Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a great question, Danny. I, you know, um, I think that I have always had um, valued mentorship whether it was the mentorship that I sought out and, um, and received or um, making sure that I was mentoring others and bringing them along the way. But it really wasn't until about five years ago where I realized how much more work had to be done. Um, you know, I, um, there was some, um, I went on a listening, listening tour and I heard a lot of insight from women, from uh, individuals that consider themselves non-binary and transgender. And, um, and they talked a lot about things that brought them down, mm -hmm. um, things that got in their way and things that eroded their confidence. And as I listened to them talk about these things, um, I realized that a lot of those things had happened to me too. And so I started thinking, okay, so to give them advice, what are some of the things that I did that helped me kind of overcome that? Um, and, um, and, and then I, I started thinking even more deeply about it and realized that I actually still experienced a lot of those things even today, but I had become numb to it, right? I had come up with the ways, the things that I might say in retort if somebody said something that was a put down um, or if somebody had dismissed me, how I worked my way back into the conversation. Um, I had just figured out how to move through it and, um, and I had become numb to it. And I think at some point in my career, it actually just attributed those things happening to me as challenges with me. That I, you know, I, I was doing something wrong. I needed to overcome it. I needed to do something different. And, um, and in listening to these other individuals and realizing how prevalent this was and how people who um, hadn't had maybe the opportunities I had or um, hadn't had the, um, maybe the courage in those moments mm -hmm. to push back um, how that eroded, how that really eroded their confidence and how over time um, the mountain of those things held them back. And, and, I, um, and I also realized that I had a much greater responsibility to stand up and um, be accountable and really 
be a role model in showing how you push back on those things. And I, I realized it wasn't okay for me to be numb to them happening. Because if, if me as a corporate vice president sitting in a room, if something happened like that, if somebody dismissed what I said, and then I had to work my way back in, but I didn't call it out, then I was doing a disservice to everyone else in the room who was looking up to me to say, like, because, because when, when things like that happen, everybody sees it, Yeah. right? And so they're looking at how are you going to respond? Mm. And if you don't really call it out and hold people accountable, then you become part of the problem. Yeah. And, um, and, I, and I had that realization. And I think that's when I said, you know what? I need to be a visible role model and visible change agent on this. And I need to take a much more active and intentional role. We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Live Love Thanks. Live Love Thanks helps purpose-driven women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs to permanently eliminate clutter and end stress and overwhelm so they can move forward in their careers, relationships, and health. Visit LiveLoveThanks.com for impactful coaching and program professional women's. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSB Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Gabriella, this is David. I'm, I'm so inspired by the fact that you came to a point where you realize I've got to listen, not just to the voices that are around me, but also to the voice that's inside. And I love that about your leadership, that you're willing to listen and say, I need to take a stance. And that's really the spirit of what a true change agent is. It's one that is saying, I'm going to listen to the need and I'm going to go ahead and push forth an opportunity to speak for those who may not have voices themselves or who may not feel like they have a voice. And, and so I'm really inspired by that. And, and I really want to say kudos to the fact that you allowed your your yourself to get courage from them and courage enough to say, let me go ahead and speak. 
And, and I, I'm telling you this, and I'm sharing this with our audience, that there are organizations, we've heard the stories. We've heard the stories of people who felt like they could not be heard or stories we, we, of people who were feeling like they were silent or they're just there, but they can't be seen. And in order to climb that corporate ladder or to be able to move up to that, that position of prestige or that position of influence, there had to be a lot of sacrifice made. And I'm sure sacrifices that you've had to make, sacrifices of other, other women executives that you know that have had to make. And, and so what were some of those challenges that you felt that back then uh, that were very difficult for you to overcome? And then just more recently, like you said, you've been able to listen to other people and find that courage to say, it's time to go ahead and speak. But what were some of those challenges that maybe perhaps today are taboo, we don't talk about enough still? Yeah, well, so, um, so I'll tell you a very funny story and a time when I think I really stepped out with, with, with courage um, on, on it. So I have this um, leader, he was my skip level leader. And, um, and he was a corporate vice president at the time. And he um, would only do strategy sessions from six to 8 p.m. Who does that, right? I mean, it was like, like really you can't fit into your day something that is as important as doing strategy sessions with your team. So he would only do strategy sessions six to 8 p.m. And at the time I was a new mother. So it was when my daughter was young. So, you know, she's 22 now. This was a long time ago. Um, and, um, and I was like, I, I have to get home like by 5 p.m. every day because I'm still nursing and I have to take care of my daughter. And this is super important to me. And so I was, I was in this conundrum, like, what do I do? Because I don't want to deprive my team of having a strategy session. They're very important, creating that visibility for what we're doing and for them. Um, but I also like can't actually take 6 to 8 p.m. So I thought, all right, here's the deal. I'm just going to tell him, I'm bringing my daughter because that's our time together. And so I'm going to bring her into the meeting. So here I am. I bring my like six month old daughter into this strategy session. And I had my team mostly do the talking because I knew I would be fairly distracted. Um, and, um, and I, you know, and, and I, I had to just step out, take care of her, you know, various things throughout the meeting. And, um, and at the end of the meeting, it, he, he said, he was like, oh, I think this was one of our best strategy sessions because um, I really enjoyed watching your daughter, right? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, okay, maybe you missed the point of like how uncomfortable everyone else might feel about the fact that you made this for 6 to 8 p.m. <laughs> right. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh, yeah. saying, I got I to gotta burp the baby while we're having <laughs> That's right. So did he eventually get the message, Gabriella? Did, were there yeah, any changes? Okay. Yeah. Good. I mean, you know, I think that, you know, enough other people in his leadership team realized, wow, that was not great. Um, and, um, and about a couple months later, he started shifting to have mm. them four from three to 5 PM. And I was like, yay, a little win, take a little win. <laughs> I love that. This is Dave again. And I, I want to jump into your TEDx talk. But before I do that, I, I want to say how inspiring it is for you to be able to see that in that space, you are a minority of minorities. And it could be the old, uh, what's the mindset here? The old good old boys club, right? Everybody's there. It's just the norm. We're all 
flowing in the same direction. You got to do it the way we've always done it. And then, uh oh, here comes this voice. She's trying to change the system. It's 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 not what we want. It's not what we do. But change needed to happen. And I love that you did that. And I know it's got to be challenging, as Dan mentioned earlier about this statistic about women in technology, how we got to continue to change that. And so I wanted to jump into your TEDx, if that's okay. And yeah. you entitled the TEDx, How to Achieve Gender Equity. When I was listening to this, I was so inspired and moved by what you were sharing. And it was I was kind of gone through that shock factor. Like, what? There aren't that many? Who's going to change it? But then you brought the onus back on me as a listener. I could change it. And so you expressed that a lot of women and a lot of minorities feel like they're invisible mm. and that to change that, we have to become agents of change. But here's the way you put it. You said, I want to call all the men here to step into allyship. I want to call all the women to step into leadership. It's not enough just to get in the game. I want you to lead. And then you challenge the entire room, become an agent of change. You said, when we do this, we help a woman to be seen. We help women to be visible. I started getting inspired. I was like, wow, what? this is amazing. What can I do? What can I do? And I started thinking about my circle of businesses that I'm influenced, whether through my coaching or my training business. And I'm asking myself, why is it that I don't ask these questions on my surveys? Maybe I can incorporate more. But here's my question, Gabriella. What more can organizations do to ensure that there is true equity, equity in the leadership all the way down to every aspect of their business? Well, there's, um, there's a number of things organizations can do, right? So I, there is, this is a multi-pronged challenge that we have. Um, one is about the organizations and then one is about the individuals within mm. them. I think from an organizational perspective that um, leaders in the organization and the organization itself must have the governance um, to demand diversity and equity. Mm. And the way that they demand that is, um, you know, even within my own organization, um, I'll give you my example. Um, I required everybody who was doing hiring in my team to make sure that they had a diverse candidate pool before they proceeded with their interview loops. So it didn't mean they always had to hire the diverse candidate, but they had to wait until they actually had a diverse candidate pool. They had to actually actively go seek diverse candidates. Mm -hmm. And then they had to have a diverse interview loop because there's also bias in the people doing the interviewing. Um, and um, as a result, we did change the face of diversity in the team without having to go any further than that. So organizations really need to demand diversity, put a spotlight on it, um, create a, um, a, 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 a dashboard, give leaders um, a measurement tool to say, here's what your diversity looks like. You're getting better, you're getting worse um, across multiple vectors. And you know, let's get you some coaching to think about that. Let's create some tools, let's create some tactics. So that's one thing an organization can do. The second thing that we need is that we need to require um, all organizations to publish and report their mm -hmm. diversity figures. We need them to publish and report their pay figures, their salary ranges because that puts everybody on a level playing field. And when we can get today, 
some organizations choose to report their diversity figures. That's terrible, right? Because what mm. happens is only those organizations that think they're doing well will mm. report it. And so if you pull that data together, you get a very skewed view of the world. Um, they also don't have any standardization. So they report whatever, and then you can't do apples to apples from organization to organization. You have no benchmark. If you have a standardization, you require every organization to do it. You collect a lot more data. Um, you start to understand um, you know, what are the benchmarks. And then you see by minority category, where people fall out. Is it in recruiting? Is it in retention? At what level? Is it in leadership, right? Okay, and then you can do something about it. Um, but, but today, we're nowhere on that. So there's, um, there's an organization that I've just joined called the SHE Index. They require this reporting um, in Norway and Sweden. We, we are working to move that index into the rest of Europe and Africa and, um, and Asia. So, um, so, you know, really that's what organizations can do and, and to report what their salary ranges are so that when somebody comes into um, applying for a job, they know what the appropriate salary ranges are and they know what to ask for. Um, and then there, there's also a, a couple um, states and countries that have made um, requirements that, that, that organizations can no longer ask about what somebody previously made. Mm. Oh, right? wow, that's great. Because what happens is on your first job, when you're very young and you don't have a lot of courage, you, you know, maybe you don't push back, maybe you don't negotiate. And, um, and typically minority groups don't do that, right? They're just happy to get the job. And um, so they started a lower salary. And so their whole lives, people always gauge on what you made last time then you're always in the rear. I appreciate that. That is so true. I, I mean, just myself going throughout my career, uh, always been asked, well, what was your previous salary? Uh, what, what did you make before in that particular role? And I always tell people, well, what does this particular position pay? That's the better, <laughs> that's the better question. Right. And it's so true, as you stated, that at times we can feel that if you're a woman or a minority, that you just take the job because you, you, you need it or you want it or you see this as a, a good opportunity to yeah. as a stepping stone for the future. But then again, you're lowering what your future earnings is going to be from job to job after that. So I love that. I love the she index, as you talked about. I, I, I can't wait to have that standard be the standard here in the U.S. as well, because as you stated earlier, it, when, when you have a mother who has a child earning less than her male counterpart, still having to feel the pressure to take care of her child. That's a lot of pressure and a lot of information that's being processed at work, at home, internally, to even be focused. And now you have to deal with a wage get, wage differential, which is not fair at all. It's right. just not fair. Right. Uh, this, is, this is Danny. I, I, want, I want you to really tell our audience a little bit more about how to become an agent of change because I got inspired. I mean, when Dave and I uh, watched your TEDx talk, and I remember when you flew out and you did the TEDx talk, I was excited. I was online. It was live. I was, I was chiming in like everybody else. It was really amazing. But there's, a thing, there's an acronym that you came up with that I think is very good to help people. And this acronym you came up with is called BECOME. This is your B, 
Outcome Framework. And I'm going to tell the people what your, the acronym means, and then I would love if you could tell people how you developed it over the years and, and how that's been impactful. So for the audience, the B is, B-E is you, that's you, you need to be. The, the C is, is the connect. O is outreach, M is mentor, E is empower. So I really believe that if you become and you follow this framework, it's going to give you that process that's needed. Because at times, let's just be honest, unless we have a process, unless people give us a framework to follow, we won't know what to do. We'll try to do things, but we won't know exactly what to do. So Gabrielle, please help our audience understand a little bit more about your Become framework. Yeah, thanks. I love the setup. Thank you. Um, you know, so I, you know, I, what I wanted to do is I wanted to make it very easy for people to remember, right? Because when you are in those pressure moments, um, it is easy to forget, what am I supposed to do now? And so um, you know, the simpler it is, um, and they, they go, oh, right, this is what I can do. I can actually take action. I am responsible for this. And, um, and so the, the, the way that that came to me as I um, started to list out all of the behaviors, what are the actions and the behaviors and the things that people can do? And then I was like, now, how do I turn this into a word that would be so simple for people to remember? Yeah. And, um, and, and then, you know, I, I was just playing around. It just came to me. So um, it's very, very exciting. Um, and it, it is all about making it simple and actionable. So you say connect. What does it mean to connect? Well, it, there's multiple ways. What you need to do is you need to intentionally connect into the community. Mm. And, you know, for, for me, that's about um, women. So connecting into organizations, into communities where women are. So you can do that in the Women in Cloud. You can do that with the Women in Technology Network. There are actually um, literally about 500 different organizations that um, are designed to support and um, connect women in business. And so you can pick any of those and just start to connect with them. So you can join them. You can join them as a man. man. Like, don't be like thinking, oh, well, it's called, you know, the Women's Business Collaborative or it's called the Women in Cloud. I can't join. Everyone can join. They're very inclusive. And so when you join, then you start to connect into these women. So like, you know, a lot of men say, oh, well, I couldn't possibly hold my team to um, have a diverse pool, candidate pool, because we just don't know anybody. Mm. You're like, I, yeah, okay, that's so lame. Just go out and actively connect into the communities where these people are and you will know people. And then you take the time to get to know them. Yeah. You set up a call. Um, you learn a little bit more about them. You do your research. Um, you connect them to other people in your network, right? And, um, and LinkedIn is an amazing tool to be able to do that. So then the second step takes it further because that's more about what we were talking before. That's about looking at your hiring practices, your recruiting practices, your supplier selection practices, your partnership practices. Do you require an element of diversity in that? Um, are you writing your job descriptions the right way? Are you making sure that those individuals you've now connected with are part of those candidate pools? Um, are you, um, you know, are you really supporting um, organizations more that you're partnering with or that are part of your supplier network where they have diversity or requiring them to have diversity, right? So that's outreach. The next step takes it again a little bit further and that's mentorship. 
So now you've met these women. Now you've connected with them. Um, mentor them, right? And if every single man in high tech mentored one woman in high tech and then sponsored her into the organization or into another job or into the network, then we would close the gender gap, right? And so that's all it takes. So mentorship is all about, um, you know, helping somebody to understand how to benefit from your experience, mm. right? And, um, and it's not a lifelong commitment when you say, <laughs> sometimes like it's just a half hour coffee and it's enough to help someone see something from a different perspective, learn from your experience, to know the next place to go, right? Um, and so mentorship, critical. And then the last one is the probably the most important, and that's about empowerment. And that is an ongoing action that you take, right? That is about being very aware of the people around you. It is about including them in the dialogue. It is about looking at every meeting you're in, every project you're working on, every deal you're doing and saying, is there diversity here? How do, who should be involved? Are the people who should be involved included and at the table and making sure people have the, a seat at the table and then when they're there, a voice, right? And that's empowerment and that's powerful. And when I think about empowerment, then that's allyship. When nice. you are really creating that inclusive environment and empowering somebody to stand on their own, empowering somebody to speak up, empowering them to be their authentic selves, not the person they think they should be, not the person who has to assimilate in order to get, get by or succeed, but being their authentic selves, then you are truly creating diversity and you are being an ally. We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of pauljackowitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jackowitz. That's Paul, J-A-C-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z.com. Thank you for checking out the DSB Leadership Speaking Podcast. If you are enjoying the program and are learning something along with us, please consider becoming a supporting member through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash twins talk it up. Also, consider leaving a five-star rating on Apple and comment on our other platforms, including YouTube. If you'd like to learn more and get more information, we would like you to become a guest on our future episode. Send us a message via our website at www.dsbleadershipgroup.com. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a particular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 
for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Gabriella, this is David. I love this acronym, this framework, BECOME. And I'm so tempted to want to ask you, with your work with organizations, did you find that any of these four components were more challenging than another for them to embrace? Uh, because we know that unless the leadership from the top really pushes it down, change is going to be likely just temporary. It's not going to be lasting. And you have to have more than just, hey, that's your department. Oh, that's the HR person's job. That we, we got to push it from the top down because we ultimately are going to follow that lead. But were any of these four surprising as you were teaching and training and speaking with other leaders to be something that either was deflected or maybe not as embrace of these four? Well, there's a couple. And actually, I was just reading um, an article two days ago that said, I think it was Boston Consulting Group um, did a survey and they found that um, 75% of organizations don't have inclusion programs, Mm. right? And so, um, and when I think about an inclusion program or an effective inclusion program, to me, that's all about allyship. It's all about teaching people how to act as allies in the room, um, Mm. in the meeting with others in their team. And, um, and so I think that that is probably the biggest gap um, that we have. Um, it is easier as an organization or a leadership to measure diversity, right? To measure if you put that scorecard in place and you require people to create diverse candidate pools, you start measuring how diverse their organization looks, that's easier to do. Now, many organizations still don't do it. So not mm. saying <laughs> not saying we've won there at all, right? M- many organizations still don't do it, um, but it is easier. Um, inclusion is a little harder because when you um, try and change the culture of your organization, it has to be um, consistent, continuous. It has to be tops down. Um, every single one of your leaders have to be practicing those behaviors every single day. And the small, a small slip up without accountability can drive the whole thing backwards, right? So I think that is um, probably the hardest thing. Um, and as a matter of fact, I've been giving that a tremendous amount of thought about what, where do I go next in helping people um, to build this out? And, I, and, and where I'm going is to talk about what are those specific behaviors that mm. allies demonstrate every single day. Yeah. Um, and, um, and I think that that, you know, that level of training and, and helping people remember those, um, those things will be um, particularly important. Gabriella, I, I appreciate you sharing that. And I, I wanna ask if you could maybe perhaps share a story or an example of this because we know that through your work as an advocate as a change agent that you're no longer in a sense within the tech space the only voice out there and that there are other leaders now that are doing what you're doing they're taking on your spirit they're you're seeing more c-suite leaders that are now female more minorities one of my good friends is in the financial sector he's a leader in his company he called me reached out to me said dave where i live is 98.9% Caucasian. 
And in my financial institution, we have one woman in a position of management. Uh, what do I need to do? And I was so moved by that because he said, Dave, I just don't know how. And fast forward now, uh, a few, uh, what, 12 months later almost, he said uh, he's now joined a committee, an inclusive committee. They're now looking at how they could attract and recruit. And they're also looking at the advantage of this pandemic. Now that they're able to add to their team, not necessarily people that just live in that geographical area. So they're able to make a more diverse group just from learning to be able to bring people into this committee. And he said, Dave, I felt like I was odd. I was the only white guy there. And then eventually it grew because um, I realized that I wasn't the only one searching for answers. But do you have any thoughts or stories that perhaps you could share of other people taking on this mantle that you're doing, of what you're doing, and we're seeing more changes in the tech space specifically? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, it takes it, it takes everyone um, you know, starting to advocate and drive for the change for us to get to real systemic change. Um, the, the greatness that could come out of um, the whole pandemic is a lot of this learning, right? Mm -hmm. Learning around the fact that you could be more flexible with your work hours and still have a very productive workforce, um, that you don't need everyone to be in the office every single day in order to know they're working and um, in order for them to be effective. Um, and that um, you do, there are great lessons on inclusion um, when everybody is working remotely, right? Because you have to do more to solicit um, feedback, you have to do more to bring people into the dialogue. And so people have to start practicing those skills more. And so as long as we can keep those lessons, um, you know, we can really benefit from what we've had to go through over the last year and a half. Um, and it, it will, it, I've seen, I have seen really amazing um, advocacy start to happen. Um, and uh, and I think what we um, what would what we need to do is start to create um, common taxonomy and a common message and common focus um, because when it's awesome when people their passion is ignited they realize it's a problem they realize they need to do something um, but now we need a rallying point. We need people to go, okay, this is where we will drive for change. This is um, kind of those points of acceleration. Because as I said, um, it's, it's a multi-layered problem. You could start in a, you know, probably a thousand different or a million different vectors to try and solve it. And eventually we'll need that. We need people working on every single one of those. But to get started, to actually create the grassroots movement, um, we need a point of concentration. We need people to be focused on the same thing. And so I'm hoping um, when I look at this problem from multiple angles, I see the two as the most important. One is um, allyship and teaching people how to be allies every single day. And then the second is um, organizations taking on a commitment to report and um, publish the salary ranges, report the diversity and, and, and publish salary ranges. That's fantastic. This is Danny. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, ex I'm just excited to hear a leader willing to put it out there 
and then challenge people to go down this path. And as you said, look, some organizations need to be trained. They need to be taught. There are people out there, they really sincerely want to do what's right. They just don't know how. Right. And, uh, and this is why Gabrielle is here to actually help these organizations. Also, when we look at studies, I think studies and statistics have shown that if you have a more diverse and leadership team, that your, work, your workforce is much more productive and much more successful. So if we know that, and the, and the data is saying that, more of a reason why you should go and bring on more women leadership roles and minority leadership candidates, it's more of the reason. And as you said, with your own team, you, you look, I just want you to interview uh, minorities and women. And doesn't mean you have to hire them, but interview them. You, you might be missing out on some awesome stuff. Um, also on my side, I am um, on the U.S. board of the International Association of Microsoft Channel Partners. And recently, this, which is pretty awesome, Gabriela has uh, accepted a global advisory role with our organization. And so we're so excited to have her on board and also to have her leadership and guidance as we, as we continue to build out the partner community uh, within the Microsoft ecosystem. But one question crosses my mind. With the women in cloud, the women in technology, IMCP and the board and everything that you're working on. I mean, what other projects are you working on? Because it seems like to me, you got 10,000 projects going on at once, but what other awesome, amazing projects are you working on? Well, so Danny, they all converge to the same thing, which is why um, they can be 10,000 projects. Well, they're not 10,000, but they can be a number of projects, but they, but really an hour of effort, an hour of my time I can scale that across mm. all of these organizations. And that's what I'm driving to, right? Because um, to what I was just saying, it, we need to get to convergence. We need to get to a place where there's um, more, um, more organizations are singing to the same song and, um, and focusing on one challenge, one point of acceleration at a time. And, um, and so that's what I'm trying to do. So by being on the board for um, the SHE community, which is where the SHE index is, um, for women in technology, women in cloud, IAMCP, um, all of those um, are, they, they're very common, right? They are about helping leaders build their organization and technology. And, um, and to do it in a way that encourages diversity and inclusion. And, um, and so by, by working across them and being in a, in a position of leadership, I can get the leadership teams to converge and work on jointly on a lot of those efforts um, and really scale our impact in a much stronger way. Um, and so um, that's, that's my goal. I, I recently um, jo also joined the board for um, this organization called the Women's Business Collaborative, which has um, already pulled together about 50 plus different organizations dedicated to um, supporting women in business. And one of their core pillars is technology. And mm -hmm. so um, I was like, great, I'm going to leverage the work you've already done. We were already very aligned on what those points of acceleration were. And so I'm like, great, now, now this is the platform where I can have a much greater impact um, and, uh, and, and really scale that across all of these organizations. That's fantastic. That's phenomenal. This is Danny. I, I, 
I don't know how you do it, like you said, but <laughs> with all the organizations, everyone getting involved, they're all for the same goal, the same movement. Right. It's really about creating this uh, gender equality, giving everyone the opportunity to be fair, everyone having the same salary opportunities so that we can make sure that we raise up everyone. And your become framework is, is, is quite phenomenal as well. Keep it simple, keep it easy. Everyone has an opportunity to be able to participate and help. Uh, I'm just gonna say this, I'm gonna throw this out here right now. Look, in the audience, if you're looking to add a proven executive to your board, because Gabrielle is right now, she's adding herself to boards. She's helping a lot of people and a lot of organizations out. I believe she can add value to your organization immediately. If you know you don't have a practice of diversity, equity, inclusion, if you know you don't have a practice of publishing real data points to show how women are moving up and are getting equality when it comes to the salary opportunities, when it comes to the leadership opportunities, reach out to her. She can mm -hmm. assist you. She can help you. I mean, we are grateful. Dave and I are both grateful to have Gabriella on our Twins Talking Up podcast. We want to make sure that you become an agent of change. If you need any help at all as an organization, there's many ways to reach out to Gabriella. One, go make sure you check out the TED Talk, right? It is called mm -hmm. How to Achieve Gender Equity. And her keynote address at the VU Boulder Conference on World Affairs entitled Social Consciousness and High Tech. Those are two great resources. But if you want to know all her resources, the best way to, to grab her, you have to go to her website, www.gabrielleschuster.com. And in her website, you can reach out to her for speaking engagements. You can reach out to her to learn a little bit more about how she can help your organization to change, to be better, to grow better. And on behalf of David, myself, and our community at Twins Talk It Up, Gabriel, we're so honored to have you on board today to take time out of your busy schedule, running huge tech opportunities, running a big segment at Microsoft, running your whole nonprofits that you're doing to come on our podcast today. We're so grateful to have you on board. Thank you so very much, Gabriela. Oh, you're welcome. So I'm, I'm going to have one request for you, Danny. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that is that, um, you know, I'm very focused on gender equity because that's my experience. I can talk about that firsthand. Um, I also want to make sure that this movement and uh, benefits minorities across the board, that we create diversity of every, in every vector. Um, that it exists. And through the initiative that you're leading with the Black Channel Partner Initiative, um, I would love to extend this work out through, um, through you and have you be an advocate um, along those lines too. You got it. I, I'm ready to go. I'm signed up. I'm ready to make it happen. Thank you so very much. And uh, as our audience knows, Gabriel has been very instrumental as, as well as helping the Black Channel Partner Alliance grow we're so grateful for what we're doing. We have an aggressive goal as well, $100 million over the next three years. Uh, I know we can do it. I believe it can happen. Uh, and we really received that with the work that was done with Women in Cloud, their $1 billion goal. Uh, we felt ours was uh, very small compared to that, but yet they've been nothing but what I call great mentors to us, providing us the guidance, helping us to believe that we can make it happen. And Gabriella, thank you for the call to take it up higher. I'll definitely do that challenge. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSB Leadership and visit us online at dsbleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.